Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Welcome to the show where I talk about a lot of different aspects that go into my stay at home dad life. Things with my kids, my family, parenting struggles that I have as a dad, plus tips that I have and I come across. I talk about men's mental and physical wellness, as well as some other stories and topics. So I hope some of that interests you and enlightens you in some fashion. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here today. All right, so more RV talk. Real quick, just just real quick. I think I sold it. Well, actually, I know I sold it. I know I'm kind of stunned as well. It happened a lot faster than we had anticipated, but, you know, it is what it is. I listed our RV last week Thursday on Marketplace, had multiple calls, had a couple people come and look at it, And boom, I had a $500 deposit in my hand Saturday evening. Well, actually, the deposit went in my wife's hand, but, you know, we got a deposit. It's bittersweet a little bit. We had some fun, had ideas to use it more and take it more places with the family and see the sights and just do some exploring and stuff. My kids really did enjoy it. But with other things going on in our lives and our family's lives, it was just time to move on from it, to press pause and take a break, figure some things out, and then maybe we'll address the camping and RVing aspect again. And yeah, I really didn't think it would sell that fast. I mean, you see RVs all the time on the highway and you see them all over every interstate exit on the freeway for sale, like huge lots of RVs the market seems to be saturated, or at least I thought it was saturated. So I honestly thought we would be sitting on this thing for a month, maybe two. We would get a few more trips out of it and enjoy it and then either sell it or put it in storage. So that didn't happen. I guess when they're nice, they go fast. And to be honest with you, ours was pretty damn nice. Actually, we cleaned it up and polished it up so much that I think it looks better today than it did when we got it from the dealer. So yeah, actually the guy is gonna be here tomorrow to come and pick it up. I just have been spending the past few days talking to banks and, and switching loans and and you know doing all these calls and taking care of all the stuff and doing wire transfers and everything else and, and getting it handled. So yes, our RV motorhome chapter for now is closed for a little while and uh, we'll see what happens. Anyways, moving on from that, so my oldest daughter, Olivia, she is in Girl Scouts now. She has been for a while. Yeah, you know, it's exciting for her. It's exciting for us as parents to watch her, watch her earn badges, doing meaningful things with her her group of girlfriends, gaining confidence, doing all those things, right, that we, we like to see our kids do. And... My wife tends to take care of all that stuff that's related to Girl Scouts since, well, what is it? It's a bunch of little girls getting together to do things, and it's a bunch of moms getting the girls together and setting up these events and these tasks and these things and these activities, right? So there's not a lot of room for dads. Maybe that's why they get, uh, they're allocated over to Boy Scouts, but when you don't have boys... You don't go to Boy Scouts, okay? Well, my wife wasn't feeling good last week. She was kind of getting a cold and not feeling very well. So I stepped up to 
take my daughter to her Girl Scout troop, her little meeting. I've never done one before. I've never had to deal with this, like I said, so I was a little nervous. I mean, I'm going to meet up with a bunch of daughters and their moms. How awkward could that be, right? That's, uh, could be a little bit weird for me. Go hang out with a bunch of moms that I've never met. Yeah, that sounds exciting. And, uh, get to hang out with them for two, maybe three hours. Oh, yeah, this, uh, sign me up, right? Well, if you're wondering, yes, it was awkward. It was awkward as hell, I'll be honest. At least for the first few minutes, being the literal odd man out or the only man that was there. And we went to this park and, and did, uh, did these things and they read through packets and, and uh, checked out a creek and did some water activities and things like that. And it turned out to be a great day. But I'll be honest, I didn't want to do it. Prior to doing it, I didn't want to do it. I knew it would be fucking weird, okay? I don't know these women. I have nothing to talk about. Even though I'm a stay-at-home dad, that doesn't mean that I align a bunch with a stay-at-home mom. If these women are stay-at-home moms, I don't even know. But it was for the greater good, right? It was doing something for my wife. It, it alleviated some pressure off of her. And my daughter appreciated me being there. So, of course, I'm going to go. So I went, put my negative thoughts off to the side, and just tried to be positive, you know, be there for my daughter. She appreciates it. I know she did. My wife appreciates it, me taking her and doing all this. So, hey, I can find something to chat about with these new people. It's no big deal. I'm pretty good on my feet. I mean, I talk to you every single week. You know, I can come up with something. I can, I can wing it, right? And... At that point, when I kind of told myself that, seeing that brighter side, it really helped me. It really, it really helped me replacing those negative, I don't want to do thoughts with, hey, this won't be that bad. I'll just do my best and, and work through it. I looked at the, the positive aspects of doing something I didn't really want to do. And honestly, it gets kind of old hearing people bitch and complain about how awful things are, how terrible situations are, or other people, or doing things that they would rather not do, or having this just negative outlook on a bunch of situations. Being in that mood, that mindset, it's just draining, and it doesn't make anybody feel great, yourself or others. So I figured that's what I'm going to dig into today. Not getting into that headspace, what doing so does to us, as well as what it does to our own attitude, our demeanor, how it projects on others, and even what it does to our kids. And I don't know about you, but I don't want my girls around a bunch of negative energy like that. I don't want them around someone who is that negative all the time. I mean, myself or others. I, I don't want to do that. People that think everyone in every situation is negative or bad in some way. And people do things and say things just to screw the next guy or just to get ahead that everyone always has an angle or an agenda. I don't want them to think that that is the standard of the world and the standard that people are. Does that make sense? It sounded kind of weird, but you, you get what I'm saying. 
And also, I don't want them to just be naive and be taken advantage of because they don't understand that and they think that everyone is good, but they can still be taught that there's a lot of genuine people out there. Also, I'm not here to preach either. I'm no saint. I talk about stuff on here, on this podcast, that I tend to struggle with myself. And maybe this is one of those things. I'm not, I'm not a perfect person. No one is. And looking around on social media as a father, there's a lot of people helping men, helping them be strong, helping them be leaders, be better fathers and all that stuff, which is great. There's a lot of really solid advice out there, but it's also okay to not have all the answers. I mean, sometimes I come on here and I'm, I feel like I'm asking you more questions than I am giving you answers because I don't know and I'm looking for help myself, you know? So it's okay to tell yourself, I have no idea what I'm doing, or I struggle with this or that, or I'm not perfect. Don't feel bad about it. Some people just, you know, and that's kind of where I come from with the whole social media thing. Some people just act like they have it all figured out and here's all the formulas and here's all the answers. And nobody does. They don't. I clearly don't. We're all in this learning every single day. So I'm just saying don't beat yourself up. That was a really roundabout way of saying don't beat yourself up. Anyways, I'm preaching about not preaching, so uh, you get what I'm saying. So that's what today's show is all about. Negativity, having that mindset, what it does, its negative effects, and what in the hell we can do about it to get better. It sounds, it sounds all right, doesn't it? That sounds like a decent direction. Anyways, got my coffee here. So what gets us into that headspace? And what does thinking this way do to us or do to our attitudes that we display to others? Well, for me, I think I get stressed and overwhelmed easily. And when I start things, halfway through, I'll have a little voice in my head that says, this isn't going perfectly to plan. This isn't exactly how I want it. And then it's like, oh, man, you suck. Why do you do this? Why do you even care about this? Why are you trying? You get that little voice in your head that really kind of takes the wind out of your sails, that negative self-talk, which like I've said before, when we do that or when we have that, our brain doesn't know that we're being sarcastic with ourselves, which I hope we're being sarcastic with ourselves. And when we say those things to ourselves over and over again, our brain starts to believe it. And then it just becomes more and more and then we will think, hey, man, we can't do this. Hey, I do have this problem, A, B, and C, whatever. I tend to set some unrealistic expectations too, um, getting a bunch of things done. You know how I like to make lists and write everything down, and I'm going to do all this today or this weekend or in a certain time frame. And when I don't meet whatever deadline I set for myself, I get mad and I get stressed that I didn't succeed and I didn't accomplish that. And then enrolls that negative self-talk. Like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Oh, why did I do that? You know, and so on. If we have that self-doubt going into something, that's going to make us think negatively about our abilities in general. I mean, I do think it's normal to do things and sometimes be like, you know, I'm not totally sure how this situation or task will go. 
Maybe we're not that confident in it, but that doesn't mean we automatically think and go to that place. Well, this is going to be a piece of shit and this is going to be horrible. You know what I mean? We can't do that. Another thing that may get us thinking this way into this negative mindset is past experiences. We learn from past experiences and negative outcomes can condition us to expect similar results in the future. Also, maybe someone has dealt with a lot of past rejection and failure. Those things can really scar somebody and cause them to doubt their abilities and anticipate negative outcomes in future projects, in jobs, even in relationships that can happen. Sometimes it can be a coping mechanism as well. Someone making a negative comment or having a negative attitude maybe because they're protecting themselves from potential disappointment or hurt. You know, we all have those friends that have that negative comment all the time or they think negatively on every situation. If they sit there and expect the worst, then it won't affect them as much when things don't go the way they think they'll go. Plus, I think sometimes it can be low self-esteem. People that are unhappy and frustrated with how their life or situation is tend to feel inadequate or unhappy and project that negative energy onto others. I think social media plays a huge role in that as well, with all of us comparing our regular quote-unquote boring lives to people on an app. Well, a little news for you, a bunch of that shit is fake. It's cooked. It's not real. There's fitness guys editing their photos. There's people posting pictures of their dad's trucks and hot rods and stuff like that, and they're not theirs, you know? So... It's not as real as we perceive it to be. And then a lot of people just don't think that highly of themselves or their abilities. And even me too. I fall into that category as well. And it's kind of sad. It kind of sucks. So when we have this negative attitude or energy around our kids, what does that do to them? That's kind of a, a big deal, right? Well, the first thing that comes to mind for me are some of those statements that some parents tend to say to their kids. You know, when your kids get in trouble or when your kids do something that you didn't like or something along those lines. Why would you do that statement? Or that was a really stupid thing to do, wasn't it? Or what were you thinking? And I get it. Sometimes that's just parenting. Sometimes that happens. It's happened to me. But I think constant statements like that will teach our kids that negative outlook. I mean, negative attitudes and comments can be learned from the environment, right? So if a kid grows up constantly hearing those things, surrounded by negative and pessimistic people and thoughts and attitudes, there's probably a really high chance of those attitudes and behaviors being prominent in your kid. And it also may even erode your child's self-esteem and self-worth. They may take these negative things that they hear And maybe not even directly to them, but they're just things around them. So a parent is saying a negative comment about something outside or the weather or something that happened at work. We all, you know, we have adult conversations around our kids all the time. And then we start talking about these other things. And we're not even really sometimes aware that these little ears are listening. And then our kids will start believing that maybe they aren't good enough or they can't meet their parents' expectations because they're seeing the expectation level of their parents or how their parents even 
talk about themselves like, oh, I was doing this project at work and I I was terrible and I'm no good at it or why did I even try to bake this cake or a lot of different things, right? Just how we say them, those kids will soak that up. And I kind of already mentioned it already, but parents' pessimistic and negative views can really shape the child's worldview too. And they may start to believe that the world is hostile and a negative place, making it hard for them to develop an optimistic outlook on life. And we don't want to take that away from them. We want to th- make them think that, hey, the world is good. Most people are good. You know, and that's, that's kind of what really bothers me sometimes, that people carry this demeanor and they don't even realize that it's being absorbed by their kids. And their kids are seeing this behavior. They see everything, right? They hear everything. So that's why we really have to, I don't want to say walk on eggshells or tiptoe, but we just have to be cognizant, is that the right word? That they are learning from everything that we are doing. So if we, if we get mad at the homeless guy on the street, like, oh, look at this beggar on the street. Look at this piece of crap, whatever. Or, oh, why does it always rain? This is miserable. This is terrible, right? That's a negative outlook. Or you see some other situation and you have a negative thought about it. You see some guy driving a fancy sports car and you're like, oh, what's this guy do? Like, who did he rip off to get that? Or, oh, I bet he's in debt up to his eyeballs to be able to afford that car. And those are all negative thoughts. Those are all things that we're saying and they're hearing us. And then they're going to start to project that in their own personality, in their own demeanor, the kids are. Hopefully you can't hear that thunder. I'm in my basement in my little office area and there is storms rolling and it is booming and I'm hearing it down here. But anyways, hope that doesn't get picked up. All right, so what can we do? What can we do to be better? What can we do when we find ourselves in these moments? How do we break these patterns? Because yeah, it's perfectly normal at times to be a little negative and to not think everything is unicorns and rainbows. We all have those moments. I mean, I have them quite a lot, to be honest with you. And also, I don't want to just say go to therapy because although therapy is great and I'm not knocking it at all, I promote people going to therapy on here. I've talked about it before. I think there's a lot of things that we can still do on our own in the, in the right now, in this moment. Because I know if the only answer is, well, the only way to fix yourself is to go to therapy, that's going to deter a lot of people from even trying to do anything else. And then we'll end up not doing anything or we'll just tell ourselves that we'll do it later. We'll let future Justin or future whoever worry about it. And then we'll never have another thought about it or we won't change. This really good article I found on verywellmind.com suggests replacing negative thoughts by something called cognitive restructuring. I know, big words for a basic man like myself, but that involves a step-by-step process where negative thoughts are identified, they're evaluated for accuracy, and then they're replaced. We want to become aware of the negative thoughts in the first place. Some of us may not even realize that we have them or that things we say or do are constantly negative. So we really want to pay attention to the language and the tone of that inner dialogue. We could even keep a little journal and write down not every, but a few thoughts that we have through the day. And then we can come back and think about them later and kind of assess that, hey, were these negative thoughts? Could I have thought better things? Could I have replaced these, right? And I know that's probably not very realistic 
to like write down all your thoughts. That's kind of, okay, I'll be honest, it's a lot of work. I have a journal that I write down things with my kids and things I do and, and you know, funny things that they say. And I told myself I would do it every day and I don't. I do it like once a month. But yeah, that could be a little not realistic in this situation. But something you could do right in the moment, and this is what I like to do a lot, is take a quick second before you respond with a thought or with something you actually say and to think about what you're going to say. Is my comment constructive? Is my comment necessary? Could it be taken the wrong way? Could it hurt someone? This has saved me a few unnecessary arguments with people, with my spouse even, and it happens in a split second. You can do this as, as quickly as you have a thought in your head and just go through a little list and be like, should I say this, should I say this? And then say something else if the first two were, you know what, that's not very nice to say or that's not constructive and then you find a different one. It doesn't take much time. And I, I'm not kidding, like I do this all the time in my head you know, okay, most of the time. Sometimes I say some stupid shit and I blurt things out and I shouldn't. But for the most part, I really try to think about it before I say things. So once we identify that negative thought, we want to challenge it, challenge its validity and ask ourselves, is there any evidence backing up this thought? Are we just jumping to a conclusion, to some negative conclusion? Doing this can help us challenge that negative thinking and allow us to explore alternatives that may be much more helpful. Like I said, that's what I do in a split second in my head. The article also says we don't want to just jump in and replace a negative thought with an overly positive one because that's not very realistic. It's just gonna kind of bring us right back full circle and we're gonna be right back into a negative thought when that super positive thought maybe doesn't come, doesn't happen, and then we're gonna be right back into that negative cycle. So let's say the negative thought is maybe I'm doing some woodworking in my garage and I'm having a hard time and I'm like, man, I'm such a piece of shit. I'm never going to get this right. I'm never going to cut these angles in this trim correctly. We don't want to replace it with the all too easy. I'm going to blow this out of the water. I'm going to do it perfectly. I'm going to do this perfect. I'm going to cut these angles in this wood perfectly. Or this is going to be the best one I've ever done in my whole life. Or... This is going to be in a show home, whatever I'm working on. That's going to put a bunch of pressure on yourself that isn't going to be helpful. We should rather kind of find a thought to replace it with something a little more neutral. Like, hey, I'm not going to half-ass this. I'm going to try to do the best I can. I'm going to learn from my experience or, you know, something along those lines I'm going to I'm going to try and I'm going to learn and uh, yeah, I may make some mistakes, but I'm going to I'm going to keep going, right? It kind of takes some of that pressure off of ourselves and and shows ourselves actually a little bit of self-compassion. Like don't be so hard on yourself, okay? Just chill. Pump the brakes a little bit. Slow down. The article also says to try and avoid thought stopping, which is being on the lookout for negative thoughts that come into our heads and then attempting to just eliminate them altogether. They say this is an issue because the more we try to stop a negative thought, the more likely we are that it's going to resurface and then rebound in more negative ways. It's like the more we try not to think about something, the more we end up thinking about it and it just keeps manifesting and building. Don't smoke that cigarette. 
Nope, don't smoke it. Don't do it. No, no, no. Don't do it. Don't think about them. Don't look at them. Don't, no, no, don't, don't even do it. Well, what's happening? We're wanting that cigarette even more. And every time we say, nope, don't do it more. And we try to like squash that thought or get that thought out of your head. You, it, it keeps building that you want to, you want to do that thing even more. And I'm just using this as an example. I don't smoke cigarettes. Just a thought that came to me. So maybe we could replace that thought with something that would get our mind off of the negative thought or the negative action like we're talking here. Maybe say, yeah, I really want to smoke a cigarette. And then think about that and then replace the action of smoking a cigarette with, I'm going to go eat this instead or I'm going to go do this instead. So this is kind of a little example there. I don't know if it really applies. Remember, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what in the hell I'm talking about. I'm just kind of learning and reading and educating myself and educating, hopefully, you as well. A couple of other things we can do is try to limit those negative influences, whether by social media or even by people. Minimize exposure to overly negative or toxic things. If those things or people are constantly making us feel down about ourselves or others, then what good is that doing you? If social media is putting you into a negative mindset and you're just comparing your life or how you're doing things to others or other professionals or to the fakers on social media, that's not going to do you any good. We can also challenge those assumptions that we all tend to have that float around inside our heads, question those assumptions that we make about ourselves, that we make about others, or we make about situations, and try to be open to new possibilities. Try to avoid being rigid in the way we think. Don't always assume that the guy asking for money is going to go buy drugs, okay? Don't assume that someone that cut you off in traffic is doing so because they are trying to be an asshole toward you. Don't assume that when your wife isn't talking to you or she is focused on something, don't assume that she's upset with you or mad at you. Don't assume that the roadside stand is trying to sell stuff to scam people or be nefarious in some way. I mean, I could go on and on with these scenarios, but I think we all understand. These are things that we all think about and assume about others that we could shed a lot of stress and anxiety if we stopped doing that and stopped negatively judging other people in other situations. Like I said, we aren't perfect. I'm not perfect, but continued negative thoughts can be detrimental to ourselves and to the people around us. So let's just try to open up our minds, see the good, have less negativity in our lives, and try to be that better person. I don't know. That's about all I got. All right, that's about all I have for today's episode of Stay at Home Dad's podcast. Like I said, I tend to talk about things that affect me, things that I struggle with or I have seen and dealt with. So as I'm here trying to educate and help myself, I really hope I'm putting something out there to help you as well. And like I say every week, and I just said it a couple minutes ago, I'm not a doctor or a psychologist or a therapist or anything. I'm just a dad that's trying to learn and help other people, I guess. So if you have any questions for me or comments for me or you need to get something off your chest even, you know, don't, don't hesitate to reach out. Send me a DM over on Instagram at stayathomedads underscore podcast. Also, while I'm asking for favors, if you enjoy my show, 
and what I'm doing here and what I'm talking about, I would really appreciate it if you gave a rating or a review on whatever platform you're listening on. That really helps me out, helps out my show, lets others know what it's about because a lot of people read those reviews before they even listen. So they don't take my little description. They would rather dive right into the review and see what real people think about it. So if you could do that, that would really do me a solid. Anyways, thank you again for listening. Thank you again for hanging out with me for a half hour. And I will talk to you next week.